All right, everybody, it is time for another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. But before we dive in to our awesome, awesome guest and conversation today, I want to remind you guys of two things. And the first one is that if you go to Crypto101insider.com, you can join our private community. Here's where we have our model portfolio and all of our top picks. We also have uh, Crypto 101 University. Uh, where we have hours and hours and hours of written and video content that explains blockchain and explains cryptocurrency in a very bite-sized and easy-to-understand way. Uh, And we have a weekly newsletter that goes out and quarterly state of crypto addresses that go out. There is just a ton of value packed into this every which way. So I want you guys first uh, to go to Crypto101insider.com today uh, if you haven't already. I also want to remind you guys that Pizza Mind and I recently just finished a book. Uh, It took 11 months of our lives to write, and we're calling it Crypto Revolution, Your Guide to the Future of Money. We walk you through this fascinating world of cryptocurrencies and blockchain, and it's part history book, it's part instructional guide, and it's going to really show you guys why cryptocurrencies are globally disruptive and how they're going to actually change in real life and in real terms the way that we buy and sell and even live. We include a bunch of how-tos on getting started with your first exchanges. Uh, We give you tips on how to safely buy and sell and store cryptocurrencies, as well as how do we evaluate potentially good cryptocurrencies. And the best part of the book is that we're giving it away for free. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. So go to CryptoRevolution.com and pick up your copy today. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another great episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. Pizza Mind here, rolling solo today. Bryce is out on assignment. You know, I like kicking him out of the studio sometimes because then I can get away with whatever I want to say. <laughs> and with me is another uh, OG from way back in the day. Uh, want to introduce everyone to Max Kordek, uh, the founder of Lisk. If you haven't heard about Lisk, uh, you should have. It is one of the first ecosystems, I would say, that has been built in crypto. Um, before we go further with it, Max, welcome to the show. Hey, Aaron. Pleasure meeting you and pleasure to be here again. And it's great to have you back. So let's talk about Lisk. Lisk was you know, around 2017, uh, maybe even earlier. Was it 2016 or 17? It was 2016, beginning of the year. That's right. That's right. So you guys have really, really been around for a while. And I remember Lisk was one of the first things I discovered in my journey into crypto in 2017. And I thought it was really cool that, you know, while you had to learn this whole different language and solidity to work on Ethereum, or you had to you know, go through all this these really huge hurdles as a developer to get involved in crypto, Lisk made it really, really easy. All you had to do was know JavaScript. And JavaScript is the most popular language in the world. It was this huge opening. And even if you didn't know JavaScript, with just a few clicks of a button, you could make your own token. It was this beautiful ecosystem, not just this wallet that was built inside Lisk. And I thought, wow, this thing is is really going to be one of the next big things, one of the, the best onboarding experiences into crypto that someone can have. And then fast forward to 2021, give us 
the state of the union address of where LISC is now. What have you guys been up to and where's LISC going from here? Yeah, sure. So as you described, LISC was one of the first projects popping up doing an ICO. Um, you could call it an OG project. And back in the day, we attracted a huge interest into the project by the crypto community and by developers exactly due to the reasons you just mentioned. Um, unfortunately, in the first two years, there were a few complications like setting up our legal entity in Switzerland, which took one year, and our code base, which we took as an initial basis from another project, turned out to be utter crap. And that's why we really needed to well work hard in the beginning to completely rewrite our code base. And so the first two years or so, we're basically just fixing some problems and really getting started, you know? And then in 2018, we introduced our LIP process, which is somewhat our research process. LIP stands for LISC Improvement Proposals, and you could compare it to a research paper. And with that, everything basically just kickstarted. So everything before that, unfortunately, wasn't so great, but since then, we're really on the run. Um, in 2019, our LISC SDK was released as the first version into which I will go a little bit later today. Then um, we just revealed um, our major milestone, which is interoperability, which enables different blockchains to be connected to each other. And we just launched LISC version 3, which essentially once we launched LISC in 2016, and it was full of bugs because of this bad code base we took as a basis, we fixed it. And with version three, we improved all the protocol related matters. Before that, it got fixed and was stabilized, but the protocol itself wasn't there yet, you know? And with LISC version three just released, we're finally um, yeah, out of that phase and can fully focus now on interoperability and building our blockchain application platform. So if I would talk about what LISC is today, you could say it's two products. It's the LISC SDK, which enables any JavaScript developer to build a blockchain application. And a blockchain application is basically a D app running on its own native blockchain. And this is released, this is production ready since 2019. And since this year, um, really, really production ready with all the protocol improvements, uh, which just got released. And the other product is the LISC platform or the LISC blockchain application platform. And this consists on the one side on the, of the LISC blockchain, which is, like you said, live since 2016. And this serves as the basis of our platform. And on the other side, then you have these blockchain applications developed with the LISC SDK. And they're then through interoperability connected to the LISC blockchain. And this interoperability protocol allows the seamless transfer of data and tokens from one blockchain to another. Um, because remember, like a blockchain application is like a D app, but running always on its own native blockchain. And that's why you need interoperability to, to create this connected ecosystem where blockchain applications can transfer data and token from one to another. And yeah, like I said, that's what we call the list blockchain application platform and interoperability is now fully researched and it's currently being implemented as or in list core version four. Um, and we assume currently a release next year. So much, much quicker turnaround 
than what we had with version three on which we worked for three years. And with that, with that, it just shows how we matured. We learned from, well, all the hard lessons we had to take in the first two years, and then three years of consecutive and continuous building into which peaks then next year, the launch of our platform. And I think it's really exciting times for us ahead. We really had a slow start, unfortunately, but our SDK, I think at this point is really, really good. It's high quality piece of software. It has a fantastic developer experience. Um, and I think with that, we really gonna make a difference um, in terms of developing blockchain applications. Um, and then with the blockchain application platform, I think really important, we also mentioned it early on, to focus on onboarding and user experience. And that's where major focus to rely on. And if you're like asking, okay, why is all of that needed? So I think, well, developing a blockchain application is so extremely complex, right? And it's so slow and super expensive. And we essentially make it, well, easy, fast, and cheap. And we're like an infrastructure project. We're building the building blocks, you know? Um, and I think everyone who is a developer has to give it a try. They should just head to list.com slash documentation and just give it a try. I can talk all day how great it is, but I think if the developer just tries it, they will see how great the list SDK truly is, you know, and how easy it is to build a blockchain application with it. Um, but we also don't want that developers just build these island solutions of individual blockchain applications. We believe the future is, well, open source, decentralized, but also connected. And um, well, Lisk as a platform is, in my opinion, one of the few in future at least scalable blockchain application platforms out there because every blockchain application runs on their own blockchain. Um, and each of these blockchains can process like at least 6 million transactions per day. Um, if you're looking at the Ethereum ecosystem where like thousands, hundreds, thousands of smart contracts run on the same blockchain, and the most popular smart contract like Uniswap has a few hundred thousand transactions per day, then I think with that, we are really good for quite some time, you know? Um, but then interoperability is really necessary to connect these different island solutions, how I call them together, to really create that network or this ecosystem where data and tokens can easily be transferred from one to another. Well, let's talk more about that. In mm -hmm. version four coming, what ecosystems do you plan on bridging out to? Yeah, so first of all, um, with the Lisk SDK, you can build a blockchain. You can build a blockchain application. So the right. first step is going to be about connecting these blockchains with each others to the Lisk blockchain in order to create the Lisk blockchain application platform. So a platform where all the, all the applications built with the Lisk SDK are connected. That's what we call on our roadmap, the Sapphire phase, um, and will mark the launch of our platform uh, coming next year. And then after that, um, with like a, well, in between milestone of improving this interoperability with Lisp, but after that, there is um, a new phase called Diamond phase, um, which is the last phase on our roadmap which extends this interoperability also to third-party ecosystems, like, for example, Polkadot or Cosmos, Ethereum, Cardano, and so on. And 
Um, the LISC interoperability is currently in like fully researched, but this um, in-between milestone of improving interoperability with the few aspects we found only once everything was researched, if you know what I mean, um, that's currently in research. So once this is fully researched as well, we will tackle the diamond phase and decide really to which third-party ecosystems we are branching out as well. In my opinion, obvious choice is, for example, Ethereum because it's the biggest and you could really start offloading transactions into sidechains or into blockchain applications built on the LISC ecosystem. Like for example, a DEX, which has like super high transaction fees on Ethereum could start offering like a, nearly like a second layer solution um, as part of a LISC blockchain application and handles the majority of the transaction load in there in order to provide cheaper fees to its users. So that's part of the research based then in Diamond to figure out to which ecosystems we actually want to branch out to. Interesting. Okay. Sounds like a fluid situation still. So we'll definitely have to keep an eye on that. You know, as the industry matures and there's more things coming out all the time, is there anything that inspires you to continue going in the direction that you're going? Or is it uh, always just this competitive nature where like, oh my God, this guy's coming out with something better and better and better. I need to continue to push myself. Yeah. So um, like we have laid out a list vision in 2016 in regards to interoperability, um, connecting our blockchain applications with each other's benefiting from these network effects and so on. And currently, well, five, six years after that, we are formulating a new list vision um, around, I would say, two goals we have laid out for ourselves. Uh, one is to become the industry standard for JavaScript blockchain application development. And the other one is to become the most accessible blockchain application platform in the world. And I think these two goals are really driving me. That and all the naysayers and critics inside our community and everyone outside our community saying we can't do that. Um, so it's more like an intrinsic motivation, I would say, coming from deep within in order to prove myself and in order to really show this world, yeah, we can achieve these two goals we've laid out in order to let people benefit from blockchain technology, which is our ultimate goal. Um, and not so much what other projects are working on. Um, initially, we compared it like to a bicycle race. Like if you constantly look backwards, looking like where, you're, where your competitor is, um, you will never be first because it slows you down, you know? So we've laid out this vision, built on it, and, well, we delivered in terms of research and next year in terms of implementation. And now we're on to, well, working out our second vision, um, which we just will go heads on, full on in, you know? Um, so that's what's just driving us to make our ideas reality and to really show people that, yeah, they can benefit from blockchain technology in their lives and we are by far not there yet and we still have a lot of work to do um, but it becomes increasingly um, yeah, possible to um, benefit from this technology and I think we're on a good way. So everybody knows don't put all your coins in one wallet right kind of like don't put all your eggs in one basket um, well, we just discovered a fantastic way to diversify one's holdings. Um, so how, you ask? Well, by converting 
you know, your Bitcoin and your Ethereum into shares of fine art. Um, it's an exclusive asset class often held in the portfolios of the world's richest 1,000 individuals. But thanks to the Jobs Act, every investor in America and abroad can finally gain access. Contemporary art beat the S&P 500 by nearly threefold from 1995 to 2020. And 86% of asset managers recommend offering arts to clients. But without $10 million lying around to scoop up a Picasso, how can you get in on the action? Well, Masterworks, the $1 billion fintech unicorn, came up with a solution. By letting you invest in a fraction of these works, instead of needing to buy the whole thing, you know, it's founded by a serial tech entrepreneur and a top 100 art collector. Masterworks has securitized over $250 million in art for their 235,000 members and just announced a venture capital raise at over a billion dollars, making these guys the only unicorn in the alternative investing world. They are kind of like Coinbase, but for art investing, I think would be fair to say. Um, so do you want to join other Crypto 101 listeners who are already investing in works from Monet and Basquiat and Banksy? Well, use my unique link to skip the Masterworks wait list. So at masterworks.io slash crypto 101. And again, that's masterworks.io slash crypto 101. And previous offerings uh, have sold out in a few hours, so you're not going to want to wait around. Uh, it's also very important, guys, that you see some important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. Uh, and as well, we have those in the show notes for you guys. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. I mean, time spent searching for and interviewing candidates can take time away from managing and growing a business. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get the candidates worth interviewing faster. And it's free. In fact, I mean, here at Crypto 101, we use LinkedIn to hire our newest employee, Ryan. And funny enough, he actually, in turn, worked with the folks at LinkedIn to partner with us here on the podcast as a sponsor. So, so how about that? Uh, you can create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Uh, you can focus on candidates with the skills and experience you need. Uh, and you can use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified people. And then just use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. Did you know that every week, actually, uh, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash crypto. That's linkedin.com slash crypto to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, I think what you've built at LISC is one of the best ways to educate people about blockchain for any developer, whether it's personal, private, government to come in. Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Eufy Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. 
That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recordings, they're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, Go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And build our own blockchain, test out an app, get the feel for it, um, as opposed to a regular program with a database or trying to do something more complicated on Ethereum or Cardano. Um, so it's really almost like an education platform and a tool that you've built here at LISC. Yet there's some other critics out there it, that have made a profession of being a critic, and they're called regulators. And they're trying to pass all these laws now and restrictions and rules and guidelines around the world to say what you can and can't do, how to classify certain things, and lumping things all together, more or less. And you could find that while for the past six years, you've done everything completely legal to the letter of the law, done nothing wrong, doing the same thing going forward might land you a six-figure fine, put in jail, kicked out of your country, like all kinds of madness is on the horizon potentially. And it's going to be a big industry fight simply for technology. And you're going to have you know these 70, 80-year-old people suddenly analyzing lines of code in a, in a Congress debate, which is completely ridiculous. Um, you know, where does LISC lie in terms of, you know, corporate structure, jurisdiction? And is there anything that keeps you up at night as you're looking at these new FATF guidelines coming down the pipes or listening to some of the absolutely ridiculous congressional hearings in the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, first of all, it's very nice to see that you agree that with LISC, we really build a great on-ramp for developers into the blockchain industry. With the LISC SDK being that easy, it's a great playground and great for experimentation. And I think out of experimentation, 
well, real startups, use cases, utility evolve. So I fully agree on that. Uh, and thanks for uh, the appreciation of that. Um, in regards to regulations, um, well, yeah, we have played by the book since 2016. That's why it took us a whole year to just set up the legal entity. We're based in Switzerland as a nonprofit foundation, uh, worked with the same lawyers as the Ethereum Foundation together in the beginning. And it takes us a great deal of, well, resources, like either money um, or time or just uh, sanity um, to really stay legal and compliant. You know, there's always something new around the corner, um, like some new process you have to uh, include or another signature you have to add to your invoices to get it approved and to let the authorities in the yearly audit uh, accept it and so on. You know, there's always something. And I think it's very similar to how the fintech industry or even the former financial industry evolved. Like there's just more and more regulation coming to the point where it's nearly impossible to get involved, where it's nearly impossible to stay compliant, where it's taking just more and more resources to stay compliant. And this, in my opinion, ultimately stifles innovation and slows everything down dramatically. I think it has slowed down us significantly, especially in marketing, because we are so, like, we're not allowed to do much, you know? We're not allowed to promote our token. We're not allowed to talk, like, in a, let's say, um, trading aspect with exchanges. We, if we do, like, a community competition where everyone gets 10 LSK tokens, so something like $30 for the best meme, we have to KYC everyone for $30, you know? So all these things, it just slows everything down. So I think if we are not careful here, we will end up why, uh, like the FinTech or the former financial industry where like technology just cannot move forward and you have these super outdated interfaces no one wants to use. But I think with crypto, however, we are building open source, you know, we are decentralized, we are global. And somewhere in the world, I think you will always find a way to innovate and to disrupt. And I think like already we see today that innovation outruns regulation. Like the regulators still talking about if Bitcoin is a security by in, in during that time, like what was coming, like smart contracts, ICOs, uh, NFTs, and then crazy constructs of all these different topics. So regulation just cannot compete anymore. They just cannot catch up, you know? And that's where I think jurisdictions just have to take a new approach. Um, I'm not sure what that is, but if they don't, they're being left behind because all the entrepreneurs will move somewhere where it's just possible again, where it's easier. Um, of course, all the projects like ours stay in these jurisdictions and they have to, well, stay compliant and that comes with an increased workload. But I think the space or the industry itself will not die because of that. Um, but it will just be problematic for entrepreneurs. And I think countries, governments have to find a solution here because it's not only in crypto, it's in AI and big data. Like tech is just running faster than regulation. Developers move faster than politicians, you know? Um, and there has to be a new way somehow to, to get this 
done. Like, I don't know what it is, maybe a DAO. Um, but if we just keep going how we're going right now, we're going to have like huge gaps between technology and regulation in the future. And this gap is only widening. And then some jurisdictions who probably did good and they will have major advantages towards other jurisdictions. Like for example, Singapore, a small country can move very fast. All the money is going to Singapore, you know? And it has a reason because it's just easier to do something there. Um, that was Switzerland uh, in the past as well. Um, Luxembourg in, in the European uh, region. So these smaller countries are a lot or can just move faster um, and it will just pose a very serious problems for big countries. The USA is really lagging behind dramatically. Um, and um, with the SEC on board, it's like not really uh, going into the right direction. So, And, yeah, and to your point, to, uh, uh, FTX, one of the biggest exchanges in the world, just left the U.S. as far as a legal entity and they moved to the Bahamas uh, just yeah. the other day. And another OG here in the space, Eric Voorhees, with his uh, company Shapeshift, they've been a corporation for like 11 years, something forever in the crypto space. And he recently made the decision to dissolve his corporation and turn it into a DAO, like you were mentioning. And we're hoping that DAO is the legal escape hatch from all this madness. And by DAO, that's DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. Basically, it means that no one person owns anything. There's no board of directors that can be subpoenaed to court. And there's so many people involved in the governance process of this protocol or tool or blockchain or whatever it is that it's pretty unfeasible to go after to try to shut it down. And there's a huge difference in a court of law when you say, I won't do something or I can't do something. So there's a big scramble towards qualifying for can't. I can't shut this down. I can't change this code. I can't comply to these rules and no one else can. Therefore, there's no point in putting the rule in place. That seems to be the only way around a lot of things that are coming down the pipe. They might try and apply it anyway, but uh, there's also a huge difference in you know, what the law says on paper and what's being enforced. There are hundreds of thousands of laws in the US that no one knows about that are not enforced whatsoever. It might've sounded like a good idea at the time in the place that it was written. And then just life moved on. So that's the next question is any, are any of these laws enforceable even if it gets passed? Um, so I guess we'll see. As a founder, what are your thoughts on potentially moving to a DAO? Like a nonprofit is already a super complicated legal structure to deal with. Have you given any consideration to switching over to a DAO? Yeah, so I agree with the point that I think what is really necessary is radical decentralization um, and non-ownership. But being a DAO also has, well, it's downsides, right? Like a company wants to move fast and the decision-making process has to be very fast. And with the DAO, essentially everyone who holds the token can vote on certain things um, and it can incentivize then, let's say, small teams making something possible and providing them the funds with that. 
I believe into the concept in, in the concept. I think it's a great concept, uh, especially for let's say smaller um, like cities or so to make community projects happen within the city. In that regard, it's amazing. Also for various open source projects. Um, but initially, in, in, a, in a new company or a software project, you really need strong leadership to drive the project forward. Um, out of the building phase, you know, and I think getting out of the building phase, it has to be somewhat of a centralized company behind it or a team with leadership involved. Um, once it's out of that building phase, yes, the DAO is possible um, to, to set up and to, to manage the project going forward. For LISC itself, I think it was never my intention to set it up in a decentralized way. From the first second on, we said, because I came from a startup, which was like mismanaged. And before that, I was involved, very involved in the NXT project, which didn't have any leader. And there I really said, okay, no, if I do a cryptocurrency, then I'm going to have very strong leadership in order to make the necessary decisions. And that's how we started LISC. And I think that's also how we will continue the project. But I think for community projects, having a DAO is really a great mechanism for well, funding and, and decision-making, but I, I don't think it's the right fit for LISC at the current time. Yeah, I, it's a tricky question, you know, like it's like a baby to me and giving it out of my hands uh, is something very hard to do. I think- And even if you were, I mean, you're still going to be the face of this community and the company regardless, even if you were to completely step away. Um, you know, you can't think of LISC without Max. It has yeah. been your baby for so long. And yeah. even if you were to change the structure, I mean, they would still come after you if, you know, they wanted to do something to LISC. Um, you know, we saw this happen with uh, Ricardo over at Monero. You know, the, everyone knows him as Fluffy Pony. Well, he left uh, Monero a long time ago. He was our former lead maintainer. He wasn't even the inventor or the founder of it. And they decided to, you know, try and persecute him on some old ridiculous charges in the U S and extradite him over here anyway, because of the yeah. impending war on privacy coins. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It's very ridiculous trying to comply with a system that wasn't built to be fair or beneficial in the first place. You just kind of have to do what you think is right in your heart and um, live your life the way you want to live it. Yeah. That's my I mean opinion. What you just mentioned with um, the Monero developer uh, still being prosecuted for something he did in the past, even though he already stepped away, um, even if LISC becomes a DAO, that could still be a possibility and the greatest advantage then of a DAO would fall away. Um, and I think that's why, or that's part of the reason why I think LISC cannot really become a DAO going forward. Um, also, well, unfortunately, what I see is that people who have money don't necessarily have the right experience or um, yeah, to make, to make decisions, you know, and in the DAO, at least um, how I imagine it, the, the more money you own, the more voting rights you have and can make certain decisions in that system. And that's not always necessarily the best because they don't really have all the insights required. We, for example, at least we cannot say sometimes a lot about, certain incidents or, um, or, or situations. And then 
well, we look like we're doing something very wrong, even though in that moment, it was the only possible path we could take. But an outside person comes up then with these grandiose ideas we all had, but which are just not possible. In a DAO-like entity, well, they would like probably support these ideas, which sometimes are just not possible to execute upon, you know? So I think in order to make it a DAO, it really needs a radical, open, decentralized, uh, like open governed project. And LISC is not like that. We have leadership in place. We have a company behind it. Um, we need to serve authorities and stay compliant. We started like that. It will be forever like this. Um, but for completely new projects, I think they can be set up to be DAOs. And I think from our conversation now, this is a very possible scenario where you could outrun com compliance or regulations going forward. Maybe the only possibility to move forward with innovation. At least here in the U.S. Uh, it's great to not be here. So hopefully wherever you are in the world, I won't ask. Uh, you're safe and sound and uh, common sense still reigns. So before I let you go, just wanted to follow up with one last question for you. Is there anyone in the crypto space that really inspires you to do what you do? I mean, you mentioned you started, you know, back with NXT, you know, that was what, 2013, 2012, maybe. And so you, you, you've been building in this space longer than most people have ever heard of Bitcoin. What inspires you? Mm -hmm. I started in 2012 um, with Litecoin, then created my own peer-to-peer -peer pools um, for various Bitcoin forks, um, moved eventually into NXT. I think that was like yeah, 2013, 2014. Um, then into Crypti, which failed and then launched Lisk. Um, I think who inspires me or who I admire is really like every single entrepreneur with their own cryptocurrency. Because you have invested users complaining 24 seven, you're in uncharted territory. It's the toughest of all games, you know. I met a C-level person from, I think, Fortune 100 companies. Uh, and he, he said to me, Max, you're doing a cryptocurrency. You're doing a blockchain project. You can do everything you want after that. You, you have all the experiences. It's, you, you, you play the hardest game. And I have to agree with that. So I admire everyone in this game, you know, everyone who's playing it um, and working relentlessly on blockchain technology and pushing innovation forward. Like you said, it is a dangerous game to play. It's a hard game to play, but also just um, yeah, a very challenging one. So I admire those people, you know, just uh, in, the, in the industry, trying to push it forward, even though they receive criticism every day. Um, if it has to be one person, it's definitely my partner, Oliver Beddows. He's working all the time, uh, nonstop on the list project, pushing it forward. He's very silent. He's the person in the background, um, making all the hard work, you know. Um, so I admire him for doing that. And um, yeah, I also just everyone who does something with, with crypto, with blockchain. That is a beautiful answer. One of my favorites. We ask everyone that comes on the show, but that's really, really true. It is the hardest game to play. Um, as a serial entrepreneur myself, I've got six different companies. I've got a couple of white papers I've written to launch a crypto token, but I have not had the courage to do it yet. And I 
admire so much those who have and have dedicated their lives to not just pursuing their dreams, but seeing it through to the end, no matter what hurdles are put in front of them. So thank you so much for being a huge part of this crypto revolution and spending the last half hour with us on the Crypto 101 podcast. If we can get a little bit of more information of where people can follow you on Twitter or BitClout or wherever you want to be followed, go ahead and drop us a, a link. Sure. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, everyone who wants to learn more about Lisk can do that on Lisk.com or on Twitter, LiskHQ. Um, everyone who wants to follow me personally, my tag is nearly everywhere, just Max Kordek, like my name. I'm active on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on YouTube. That's Max Kordek HQ. So yeah, follow me, follow us. Um, please join our Discord server on Lisk.chat to get involved, to ask questions. If you're a developer, please try out the Lisk SDK. Uh, more information in our documentation on lisk.com slash documentation. Um, we're really building something fantastic here and well, people will benefit from what we're building, but we need everyone on, on deck. We need all hands on deck here to make it happen going forward. And um, please join our community, check it out, get involved, get engaged or be engaged and start building the future together with us. Well said. All right, everyone, that does it for today's episode. We'll see you next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.